Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Come on, Kim Rochelleberry. In Jesus' name. Come on now. Yeah. Hey, Miss Jeanette. I got... I got the victory, I got the sweet, sweet victory, yeah. You better go look at the words to that song. The vi- yeah, <laughs> the sweet, sweet victory in Jesus. I got sweet victory in Jesus. Y'all better be glad I can't get up and run. <laughs> I got the victory, yeah. I got the victory, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Miss Sandra. Yeah. I got the victory, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Angela Mars, way back, yeah, yeah. I got the victory. Sweet, sing victory, Jesus. Good morning, hey, Katiba Johnson. Hey, Carol King, good morning. Come on. I got the victory. I got the sweet, sweet victory in Jesus. Hey, Paula Cheney. I got the victory, yeah. I got the victory, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Sharon Oglesby. Hey, Candace Bozeman. I got the victory, yeah. Hey, Chala, I got the victory, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got the victory. I got the sweet, sweet victory in Jesus. Yeah, come on now. I got, got the victory. Got the sweet, sweet victory in Jesus. Hey, it better be your testimony today. I got true victory. I got the victory, yeah. I got the victory, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now. That's our victory chant today. Yeah. I got the victory, yeah. I got the victory, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my God, I got the victory in Jesus. That's Yolanda Adams. That's old school for some of y'all who are still new school. And I got the victory in Jesus. And if I got the victory in Jesus, that's all that matters. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what's coming up against me. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the word becomes the standard. I have the victory in Jesus. I got it. I win. I'm set up for the win-win. I am not stuck at what man says or what man or what happens. I am in victory because of Jesus Christ. Let's just bless the name of the Lord. Before we get into the devotional day, Father God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you for waking us up this morning. I thank you for coffee in my cup. I thank you for lights and water and gas. And I just thank you for breathing the breath of life in me and purpose in me. I thank you that you created me the way that you created me. That in your eyes, I am flawless, my God. That I am flawless, Lord God. I repent, Father God, for over. 
overthinking this thing for thinking that this thing had to look the way man said it had to look when all it needed to look like is what you said that in the beginning you created Lakeisha and when you created Lakeisha you made her good in your image Lord God and I thank you for that I thank you for fashioning me in your image and I thank you for in the beginning creating the word I thank you Father God that you are King of Kings and you are Lord of Lords and that the heart of Kings is in your hand Lord God and that grace and favor and mercy is upon my life Lord God and I just thank you for every individual I thank you for this devotional I thank you for your word I thank you for Jesus I thank you for your love. I thank you for grace. I thank you for mercy. I thank you are a sovereign God. I thank you. You are a loving God. I thank you. You are a merciful God, Lord God. I just thank you for all that you are. Thank you for my children, Lord God. And thank you for the time that I have for with my husband. I thank you, Father God, for my new husband who's coming. I thank you, Lord God, for grace, peace, and mercy. I thank you, Father God, for financial blessings, Lord God, for you know it takes finances for us to be able to do what we need to do. I thank you for Feed the Streets this weekend. I thank you for the 100 people we'll serve, Lord God. I thank you for providing for Feed the Streets. I thank you for every woman that signed up to serve this weekend, Lord God. I thank you for this devotional. I thank you for Romania. I thank you for Japan. I thank you for South Korea. I thank you for Ohio. And I thank you, Father God, for Arkansas. And I thank you for Georgia. And I thank you for Tennessee. And I thank you for Texas. And I thank you for California. I thank you for all the places, Lord God, that you are connecting us. I thank you, Father God, for teaching us how to rightly divide the world. Word. And even when we don't get it right, Lord God, that you extend grace and mercy towards us. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love. Thank you for giving me eyes to see, Father God. I just thank you. You are an outstanding God, a marvelous God, uh, an amazing God, an awesome God, a faithful father, a faithful friend. My God, I thank you for your consistency. I thank you for your love for me. I thank you, Lord God. Grace and mercy is extended to me even when I shouldn't have it. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that I've been washed in the blood. And I thank you, Lord God, that I get to repent. I thank you that Jesus died on the cross, Lord God. And I'm not dead nor a slave to my sin. And I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for every time that you've forgiven me, Lord God, I thank you for giving me spiritual eyes to see and for my spiritual gifts and for king discernment, Lord God, and kingdom connections and divine appointments and divine assignments, Lord God. And Father God, for just being patient with me. Love is patient and it is kind. And you have been all of that, Father, and I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Your name is mighty. My, yeah, you are mighty to save. I thank you. I thank you for being mighty. I thank you for being my strong tower. I thank you for being my saving grace. I thank you for loving me when I didn't love myself. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your joy. I thank you for your strength. I thank you that you and my weakness, Lord God, that you are strong and that I don't have to be strong. Lord God, I cast every care before you. I thank you for daily bread. I thank you that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you for reminding us, Lord God, it's time to shift so that we don't get stuck in transition and lost in translation. And more than anything, I thank you for Jesus. 
Because without him, none of this would be possible. Lord, I love you. I bless you. I praise you. I magnify you. I glorify you, Lord God. I glorify you. 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 I glorify you, Lord God, my God. I glorify you. I glorify you, Lord God. I glorify you, Lord God. I glorify you. I glorify you. I glorify you, Lord God. I glorify you, Lord God. I glorify you. I glorify you. I glorify your name, Lord God. I glorify your name through all the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. I glorify you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for that, Paula. Don't make me cry this morning. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you for every opportunity. Thank you for every devotional. Thank you for every written devotional. Thank you for Jess. Thank you for Shonda. Thank you for Glow. Thank you for Davida. Thank you for the others that write the devotionals. I thank you for every word that has gone forth from this ministry, Father God, for you to get the glory out of our lives. I thank you, Father God, for we are honored. We are honored. We are strengthened by you. We don't take these moments for granted. These are your people that we have an opportunity to share and grow with. These are your sheep, Lord God. And we just simply say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, be with us today. I plead the blood of Jesus over this devotional. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family, my friends, my neighborhood, my city, my state, my nation, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Lord God, and Twitter, Father God. I plead the blood of Jesus over every email, over every text. I thank you, Lord God. We are anxious for nothing. Everything in prayer and supplication, making our request known. And you are the God that answers. And you are the God that answers. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Holy Spirit, going to take this over. We invite you right on in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome, welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. If this is your very first time joining, we welcome you. I want to say a few things before we get into the devotional. First of all, I'm just so grateful for y'all. I just need you to know that I do not take the fact that the Lord allows me because he allows me that the Lord allows me to share a word with you. Like I don't take that for granted. Like I don't take that for granted. That is so precious. You are so precious. You are so precious to God. Like you are so precious to God. I don't take for granted every woman I come in contact with. I don't take for granted the opportunities to pray for you. I don't take for granted feed the streets. Like this isn't volunteerism. This isn't about Lakeisha. God granted me an opportunity to serve him in ministry, to serve him for in this devotional, to serve him and it's a, for me, I'm grateful. Like for me, I'm grateful. And I just can't at any moment take this for granted. Like I can't at any moment just be like, 
I just can't. And so every time I come in contact with you, um, I'm just realizing how precious you are. Um, I think that anyway, but it just affirms for me more how precious you are to God that he would give us this time with him at five o'clock in the morning in some states at four o'clock in the morning and some places at three o'clock in the morning that he would give us this time with him and he would be so intentional with us and he affirms our value and just says how precious we are. So I thank you. Second thing, um, ladies Bible study is not until next Tuesday, right? It's not until next Tuesday, but I want you already in your schedule to do me two favors. I want you to be plan to be there and I want you to plan to bring somebody else and even if you're a guy and you are not in ladies Bible study, I want you to um, I want you to invite a woman to become a part and be connected to ladies Bible study. No more excuses. God is doing something with us as a body of believers at ladies Bible study. So if you're in another state, I don't want you to feel left out because we go live in our special group. I want you to come in. I want you to host a watch party. I want you to tell some friends, you know what, from here on out, Tuesday night, we're going to be committed. I am too, Paula. Something is already intensely exciting in me for next Tuesday. I want you to be committed. And this is what we're going to do from here on out every Tuesday from 630. Let's just say 630 to 8. We're purposing that time for you guys. We're setting that altar aside. And what we're not going to do is make any more excuses for what, why we're not going to be there. We're going to be committed to being there every Tuesday from 630. And I'm just saying eight because sometimes it goes a little bit over. I'm going to be committed to be there from 630 to eight. And for those of you who are here live, you're going to be committed to be there from six because we have intercessory prayer and we're going to stand in the gap and we're going to pray for our city, our state. Something erupted in prayer last Tuesday. Something shifted. Something changed the trajectory. Something was doing something significant last Tuesday. So I don't want you to miss this opportunity. I don't want you to allow the enemy to make any excuses. I want you to make a decision today. You know what? That's good, Kendra. Set your alarms. You know what? From here on out, Tuesday night is for me. I want you, if you're at home, to put yourself in your corner and say, you know what? I'm going into a room. Nobody can talk to me until this devotional. And I also need you to set it apart. Like, don't do it and 50 other things. I just think God is going to do something united and significant next Tuesday. I feel a build up for next Tuesday, and I don't know why. My other invitation to you is Pillow Talk, December the 13th. Something happens uniquely at Pillow Talk. So if you just get an opportunity and chance to be involved in this pillow talk, please, there'll be other pillow talk conferences that are coming next year. God is working with us on our schedule. But if you can get in on this December 13th pillow talk, I would. Um, ladies, we're going to drop. We're going to we're going to drop. That's good. Nisi, commit to replay the devotion and then host a watch party and invite some friends in. That's good. If you in class, then commit to replay and watch, host a watch party and get in with friends. That's, that's good. Um, and so we got a pillow talk opportunity coming. We got time, enough opportunity for you with service. Get connected to Feed the Streets. If you're not here, serve in your local area. If you want to be connected to what we're doing, sow a seed into it. Because of you, we're going to have, we have enough food to feed a hundred people this weekend. We're going to have a hundred meals fixed, pass out a hundred meals um, this weekend. It's cold. And even though it's cold, the women have still signed up to serve. We don't care if it's cold or not. We're going to still serve because that's what God called us to do. My other invitation to you is go subscribe 
uh, go subscribe. I established a conference bridge for Bible study for my friends that don't do social media. Paula, that is so awesome. And I'm going to look at, I'm glad you reminded me of that. I'm going to look at a way of going YouTube live as well. Thank you for that woman of God. I'll look at a way of going YouTube live as well for those of you, those who use YouTube, but don't use social media so that we can do that. Uh, in another way. But if you figured out a conference bridge, that is more than wonderful. I just wanted to do those special invites to you so that you could experience. My last invitation to you is November the 10th. I will be speaking. I'm preaching. This is not just for ladies. You can bring your family. You can bring your husband. You can bring whoever you need. Uh, I'm going to drop the flyer for that a little bit later today. I would love to have you as my special guest as God just delivers a word on that Sunday. God was God is going to de deliver a word on that Sunday. And I would love for you to be my special guest. Um, I don't know how to figure out the YouTube because We'll get it worked out. We're going to get it worked out. We're going to get something special worked out or either I'm going to download this video. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out for ladies Bible study. So those are my invitations to you today. And I needed to pause to be able to do that for you today. I need to, to, to extend those things to, to you today. Oh, that's good. She's got a conference bridge. Thank you for that. Um, and maybe you can share how you do that with others, but I want you to be connected. I want you to invite another lady in. Now, here's my last thing. For those of you that have been connected, been disconnected, been connected again and disconnected, do not let the enemy lie to you to make you think that you're not of value to this body of believers. You are of value to this body of believers. For my men that don't get to participate in ladies Bible study, you are of value to this body of believers. Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha Daily Devotional is not just for women. It's for absolutely everybody. Uh, I found out the other day uh, a father and his son is using the Daily Devotional as uh, on YouTube as their homeschool curriculum. So it's for absolutely everybody. It's for your kids. It's everybody. My son's watching. It's for everybody. So just invite somebody in. My last thing to you is we have some special groups that are going to be coming. When the special groups are released, they're going to be small groups. They're going to be online groups. Um, they're going to be guided by financial, single. I'm going to have a group for kids. They're coming. Be patient with us. Um, but they'll be, they'll, they'll be very small, so you'll have to sign up quickly. All right? They'll be very small, but they'll have to sign up quickly. Okay, so let, that's it. I need you to get... I need you to get in the word of God. Yeah, Kim Rochelle, because the devil be telling you, you don't matter to what we have going on. Oh, it's just the word of God. No, we are a body of believers on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. We are a body of believers. We are a family. We are growing together in Christ. We are a community, whether it's online or not. We are a community and we are a community that is very valuable to God. And that's why God uniquely created this the way that he did. Also for my JoyNet fam, because I am still on JoyNet net radio and people have asked me you're not in the studio i'm still on joy net radio the devotional still goes on joy net radio i just had to do it a little bit differently to make sure i was being a very 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 good mother to these boys that god has blessed and graced me with and who after god they are there they are top priority so we're still on joy net radio you can still listen to us on joy net and then you can catch me later on on rejoicelittlerock.org uh, i'm going to be talking about relationships and transparency and vulnerability so I just needed you to know 
Yes, Paula, we going after the one. So let's talk about a broken and contrite spirit today. I hope that bless some of y'all because sometimes you just got to slow down and you just got to love on people and you got to invite people into your world. People will think that they're not important in your world. And I am telling you that you are important in this world of mine. You are, this community of believers is important to me. I value you. I value every name. I value every household. I value every family person. And we, you got to know, let people know how much that you value them. Like you got to let them know that you can't take relationships and people for granted. That's been our problem for so long, taking people for granted, taking relationships for granted, not slowing down enough to fellowship and to have relationship and to express relationships. Even on like social media, it gets too fast. It gets too quick. It gets too crazy. And yes, Sandra, one can put a thousand a fight, but there, and imagine what the two can do and what happens when we get together and believe, right? And we believe, and I just thank you. Thank you for that, Angela Moss. We do resemble the house of, the heart of love, the heart of God, and a house of love. We've become a house of love online, (laughs) online. Praise God. Praise God. That's, That's what it's supposed to be. Empowered so that you can keep going. Empowered so that you can keep going. So thank you for all the shares and everything else. So we're going to talk about a broken and contrite spirit today. And I'm going to take you through this slowly so that you can understand what a broken and contrite spirit is and how important it is for you to have a broken and contrite spirit. And I know some of you are probably like, I've been in brokenness long enough, but I'm going to tell you a broken and contrite spirit um, is the heart of God. Like it's a heart of God. It's the heart of God. Like it's the heart of God. And often we fight having a broken and contrite spirit because we see brokenness wrong, but we are taught brokenness wrong because brokenness in God looks different. Um, I remember I posted once something one time and said I was beautifully broken and you know, we'll start thinking, well, I'm made whole. We are whole, but to be beautifully broken in Christ looks completely different. And I think after God shows us what he shows us today, it's going to compel us to walk into I think I saw Odell Lucas. I forgot to shout him out. Hey, Odell. Um, it, 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 it's going to pull us. Uh, oh, thank you for that, Nisi. It's going to pull us into a level of humility, a different level of humility. I didn't want to forget about my men on here. I was sitting here laughing, shouting out. I'm shouting out all these women, Ronald Perry, John, all of them, Jeff, all of them that get on here and worship with us. I don't want, I want y'all to think I forgot about y'all. I love y'all too. Y'all are just as important to this ministry as everyone else. And then all my kids who are up and watching with the parents, y'all are just as important um, as well. And so uh, I want to talk to you about this broken and contrite heart. And God will not despise a broken and contrite heart. And we've been talking about forgiveness all week long. Like we've been talking about forgiveness all week long. But the only way that you're really going to be able to take and understand forgiveness. Yeah, Teresa, shout out our men real quick. We all family this morning. Shout out our men. Love on our men. Talk about how important they are to this body because we need to see more men in Christ. How important it is when they share, when they post the devotional, the kindy, all of y'all, when y'all get on here, those are my men that come in later. We don't see some of y'all, but all of y'all that are here, y'all important to the body too. And a lot of times you see more women than you see men, but I wanted to make sure I pause for a second and say, let me shout y'all out because y'all are important 
important to us as well. It's not just about us as women. It's about you as men as well. And some of you whose husbands who may not be on, but may be watching with you behind the screen. We don't want y'all to think y'all not important to this body. Uh, we are, you are, you are important to this body of believers as well. So let's, let's talk about what it means to be contrite and what contrition is and what God is looking for. And we're coming from the basis of Psalms. 51 and David is in trouble. I'm just going to be honest. David has just sinned, um, against God. He killed Uriah. Um, he got Bathsheba pregnant. He lied to the Holy spirit. Like he just did way too much. Um, Nathan, the prophet had gotten on him and said, and came to him after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and he deals with him and he, and he talks to him because the Lord sends him to him and says, I don't, which is funny because we always think that we're getting over, right? Or we think because we don't get caught. And that's why it's important for you to understand, um, how, what a broken and contrite spirit looks like and how important it is for you. Because, um, when the point of our forgiveness is about us when the point of our repentance is about us, then guess what? We've missed it all together. When the point of our forgiveness is about us, when the point of our, um, when the point of our repentance is about us, we've missed what God was. We've missed the point of repentance and forgiveness altogether. And most of us in all honesty have been taught to repent and forgive to get us out of trouble. That it was about getting us out of trouble. We were never taught that repentance and forgiveness was really about our relationship with God. And so often when we repent and when we forgive, we do it at the lower level of man and not at the level that God is looking for and requiring. So sometimes our repentance and sometimes our forgiveness is almost in vain because it's not done with a humble and a contrite spirit. So the Bible speaks often of a contrite spirit in Isaiah 66 and um, two. Uh, it says the Lord says these are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. And in Psalms 51 and 17, David writes the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite contrite hard. Oh God, you will not despise. When you understand broken and contriteness and contrition, your level of repentance and your, um, thought process towards treating, mistreating someone or how we walk in forgiveness will change. When I was studying this and, um, just in this, I'm talking about tears last night were just flowing. Like even when I got up this morning and I was still studying again, tears were just flowing because I was like, Oh my God, this looks way different than we've been taught or what we've been walking in. Like we'll apologize or we'll repent. But a lot of times we're repenting because it's still about ourself. We don't want to be embarrassed. My God, we don't want to be in trouble. Um, we don't like the feeling, but we're really not repenting, um, because we did damage to God, right? We did damage to God. It's not, it's, it's so deeper. It's, it's so deeper. It's so deeper. It, it's a, it's a, it's a deeper revelation to this. And so it says, Oh God, you will not despise Contri contrition is spoken as something that God likes. When we are contrite, it is spoken as something God likes. And it's actually linked 
to humility and it's linked to brokenness and it's also a healthy fear of God's word and so when we're trying to figure out the, the psalmist is saying to us I need a bro I, it, it's better I, God loves a broken and contrite spirit well if God loves a broken and contrite spirit what does this look like so a contrite heart is one in which pride and self-sufficiency have been completely humbled by the consciousness of guilt. That's what a contrite spirit is. Hebrew and Greek words translate contrite as meaning crushed, crippled, and broken. And so often when we hear things like being crushed, crippled, and broken, pride will rise up and say, no, I'm strong. When the word has already told us that in my weaknesses, in my weaknesses, my weaknesses is when I'm going to actually have the most strength. And so when I'm crushed, crippled and broken, then I am crushed by the, the weight of my guilt and the weight of my guilt um, puts me in a position where I won't justify my wrong choices. I will not, a broken and contrite heart, come on, Holy Spirit, will not justify its wrong choices. It's not going to say, well, I made this decision because so-and-so made this decision. It's not going to say, well, I made this choice because it was the only choice of what I had to do. It's not going to say, well, I responded this way because I don't know how to respond another way. A true conscience that's crushed, crippled, or broken, um, according to the word, is going to justify, it's not going to justify its wrong choices anymore. It's not going to say, it's not going to blame mama them. It's not going to blame the people at work. It's not going to start talking about toxic relationships. And all of those things are really, 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 really valid. All of those things are really valid. But in the reality is, I'm not going to justify my retaliation. I'm not going to justify my wrongdoing. I'm not going to do those things because I'm not going to do those things because I know for a fact that God is not pleased with those things. No matter what happens to me, a broken contrite spirit is awakened to God's righteousness um, and understands the condemnation of sin. So when contrite is present, when contrition is present, it offers no excuses and it shifts absolutely no blame. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and God was dealing with them, their heart, they were not having a broken and contrite spirit. And the reason that they didn't have a broken and contrite spirit is when they were in the position to um, admit their guilt, to admit their sin, to admit their mistakes. They blamed everybody else. Adam blamed Eve. That's not a broken and contrite spirit. Eve blamed the serpent. That's not a broken and contrite spirit. And that, that, as a matter of fact, is a spirit that's still very prideful and still trying to justify. This is the reason why I sin. This is the reason why I'm still doing this. Can I tell you something? Your sin is just a symptom. Your sin is just a symptom. Your sin is just a symptom. And a lot of times we, we focus so much on the sin without realizing that the sin is just a symptom. A sin is a symptom or a result that my spirit is not 
broken and contrite enough that I don't value God's word above everything else, that I don't have enough word in me. And so when we get caught up in drunkenness, come on, Holy Spirit, I don't want to take y'all so fast, but this is real, real. I don't, when we get caught up in drunkenness, when we are dealing with, and I'm going to read Psalms 51, when we get, we're dealing with being sexually immoral, when we're dealing with all of, all of these things that we're dealing with. My sin is just a symptom that I'm not broken and contrite because if I was broken and contrite, then the sin, the sin after a while begins to go away because I understand that a contrite heart offers no excuses. It shifts no blame. And it fully agrees with God that evil is evil. It fully, it doesn't modify the word and use the word or make an excuse for whatever it did. It doesn't make an excuse for haughtiness. It doesn't make an excuse for pride. It doesn't make an excuse for gluttony. It doesn't make an excuse. And we have to be careful. I'm all for therapy, right? I'm all for therapy. But a lot of these diagnoses that are going forth now are an assignment against the enemy so that we can stay in our broken places, not understanding what brokenness should look like in God, right? And so then if I have a behavior that is narcissistic or whatever else, then I'm going to attribute the narcissistic behavior to my father who was abusive, which the hurt and the damage was real, real, but the word offers me the opportunity to change positions. The word offers me the opportunity to change position, no matter what my parents were look like, or no matter if I had an absent father or anything else, that it, it, it changes my position. It changes my position. And so when I'm repenting and I'm apologizing to God, the repentance and the apology is towards God. It's not towards, come on, Holy Spirit, teach this thing. It's not towards myself. And so a contrite heart offers no excuses and it shifts no plane. Contrite or the place of contrition is where God can live. God says, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. The contrite are promised a dwelling place with God because he's promising you no matter what happens, your, your broken heart is going to be revitalized. Well, when I don't understand contrite, I'm always going to try to vindicate myself. I'm always going to try to justify myself. I'm always going to try to try to get people to join in. You know how you might um, post something because you're mad, right? Because somebody did something to you and you're looking for people to validate why you're mad. That's a sign of not having a broken and contrite heart or if something happens to you. The Lord dealt with me about something that happened to me. He said, you've been looking for other people to validate this situation, Lakeisha. When I said to you, without no doubt, fret not yourself unto evildoers. I already told you in my word, don't be worried about people who are doing evil and people who are at the Psalms 37 or who are in iniquity. I already told you don't deal with that. I already told you don't worry about that. So anytime you're looking for validation for your feelings or how you feel, you're not broken and contrite enough because when you're broken and contrite enough, you don't need validation. You remember what the word has said to you about your enemies, right? That's why I say you got to sit on the word. You got to spend more time on the word because then I won't justify my response. I won't justify my behavior. I won't justify why I cussed you out. I won't justify why I ignored you. I won't justify those things. 
I'm going to operate and deal with you and handle you the way that God tells me to handle you. So a broken and contrite heart also is going to throw its mercy itself on the mercy of God, knowing that I deserve, I really deserve for you to get me. <laughs> I really deserve for you to get me right. I really deserve for you to get me, Lord. I deserve it. But because of Jesus, I'm not going to get what what I deserve, but I really deserve for you to get me and saying that humbly to him. I deserve this. Like I really deserve for you to get me, but you're not going to get, I know you're not going to get me, but I deserve, I do deserve it. I do deserve it. What I've done is not according to your will for my life. I deserve for you to get me, but Jesus comes in and grace and mercy steps in. So I'm going to, so, so I'm going to read this to you out of Psalms 51 and David, David says, Has, have mercy on me. Oh God, because of your unfailing love, not because of nothing I've done because of your unfailing love. This is what it looks like when we're repenting towards God. He said, because of your great compassion, I need you to blot out the stain of my sins. I need you to wash me clean from guilt. I need you to purify me from my sin. David is acknowledging I can't do any of this without you. And I told you, we take the weight of sin on ourselves. We, we take the weight of sin on ourselves, and we think we can do all these little things right. And we attend five church, church services and we pray five times and we did all this. And it's like, no, purify me from my sin. He said, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just for I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Cleanse, wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. I, he's, he's, I'm surrendering this to you, right? The amazing part from this that I love is th this, this really was about his sexual sin that he committed. David never once talks about the sexual sin. He deals with the fact he sinned against God. He deals with the fact, even though it hurt Bathsheba, even though it hurt Uriah, even though it hurt other people were infected about this, Bathsheba gets pregnant and loses a baby, but she gets pregnant again. I'll tell you about God's restored restoration after a sin. It says, purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than so. Give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Again, his dependency on God, not himself. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Right? Because remember, the Holy Spirit comes as a result of Jesus. We're baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, when we step into sin, there's a little disconnection that we make from God. So he's like, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And then and this is what I love about him. He says, then I'm going to go teach ways to your rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips. Oh Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. You don't want any of that. He doesn't want all the pinpoints. He doesn't want all the, I'm going to go do, I'm going to, oh, I'm, I'm going to serve to make up for what I did. He's like, I, you don't even want all that. You don't want no burnt offering. 
The sacrifice you desire is a broken and contrite spirit. The thing that God is desiring here is that you realize that you've sinned against me and that you're going against my word, right? He said, you will not reject a broken and repentant heart. God will never reject a broken and a repentant heart. One that doesn't make excuses. One that'll throw his mercy on God. One that is not praying and exalting itself, but one that is saying, and not making, no, not, not at all. That's crushed, crippled and broken and saying, oh my gosh. I just sinned against you. I just sinned. I'm wa- I just walked in pride against you and not a condemning spirit. We dealt with condemnation. Condemnation brings death. The word of God brings life. So conviction is going to bring life to you. It says, look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed. And of course we don't sacrifice bulls and goats because we have Jesus. Jesus Jesus also illustrated what a broken and high, contrite heart looks like in Luke 18, 10 and 14. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed this. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like the tax, this tax collector, right? This tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get, but the tax collector standing far off would even, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but it beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other one. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. (laughs) He gives us clear direction. He gives us clear. He gives us clarity of saying there's a humility and repentance that God desires that's contrasted in our self-righteousness. The eloquent prayer of the proud Pharisee did not reach the heart of God, but the humble cry of the repentant sinner brought forgiveness. So we don't go before God listing all these things that we've done and I've been faithful and I've served you all my life and I've all, no God, I need your mercy. No God, I need your grace. No, no God, I need your love. No, no, God, I need you in this moment. I need to feel you in this moment. Jesus also referenced a contrite heart in the Beatitudes when he said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted." right? Well, mourning wasn't just about those that had lost people. He was talking about blessed are those who mourn over their own sin, that mercy and forgiveness of God will comfort them when they see their sin the way God sees it. When I see my sin, like God, sin brings enmity. Sin makes me an enemy of God. When I see my sin against God, not against man, when I'm not justifying my brokenness or what I've done based on things from my behalf, that's, that's what's going to take a contrite heart does not take the forgiveness of God for granted. It's grieved over it, right? It realized 
the sin, what the sin costs, right? This, our sin cost Jesus his life. It says for our sake, he, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That's second Corinthians five 21. Jesus had not done absolutely anything, but because we were so broken and so jacked up, Jesus came in. And that's why we got to understand the repentance. And we got to understand really what Jesus did so that we're not getting punished for the dumb stuff that we done and grace is mercy. You can't handle the wrath of God. You can't handle the judgment of God. That's why we have to be so careful with the people that we deal with. Last night I was just in my closet. God just led me to a place of repentance, a deeper place of repentance. And then I just started praying for everybody. People that I thought had harmed me. I was just God was just leading me to prayer and it, it shifted my thinking about his mercy and his grace. And even when people wrong us, how much they need his mercy and grace. And instead of us praying against them, how much we pray for mercy and grace. Contrite is a key factor for repentance. And if we're proud like the Pharisees and we're going through the motion of religion, but we harbor arrogance in our heart, right? Then we're really not following God. You can't handle the true judgment of God. If you go back to Old Testament and see how the judgment of God came forth, you, he will wipe out a nation of people. When I talked to you about Ananias and Sapphira, when we were in New Testament, they lied to the Holy Spirit. They grieved the Holy Spirit. Peter said, you're going to drop dead right where you are. You can't handle the judgment of God. You can't handle, you can't handle if God took his hand off your life. You don't even realize how much grace and mercy God has extended to you for some of the dumb stuff that you've done. That's why we can't stand in a judgment place of ever, uh, pointing out what somebody should get. Now, will it come? Yes. But you cannot handle the judgment of God. You can't handle, you cannot handle it. Jesus is, <laughs> Jesus is at the throne and I'm just asking the Lord, can I share something with you? One day I was in my closet praying. And as I was praying, I saw Jesus at the throne of God. I saw him like I saw him standing at the throne of God and he was in between me and God. And as I was praying, I know the Lord was revealing to me how Jesus stands in between God and I all the time or God and you all the time, how Jesus stands in the place and, and deals with us. And Jesus was standing in between me and God or whoever I was praying. And I was like, Oh my God, he was standing in between. He was appropriating for sin. See, that's why you got to understand the blood. He was pleading on my behalf. He was saying, I, 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 She's not guilty. She's, she's not guilty. She's not guilty. And when the image flashed, I just was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Jesus stands in the way all the time. <laughs> like Jesus stands in the way all the time. You can't handle the judgment of God. That's why it's better for you to have a broken and contrite spirit and not take sins and not take these things for granted and understand that a contrite heart doesn't harbor, um, no thoughts of repenting. It, it's gonna, it's not gonna, if it's, if the, the heart is not broke, broken and contrite, it harbors no thought of repenting and sin, 
but it's going to seek God. That's why I tell you all not the time you got to seek God to overcome. We keep trying to overcome stuff in our strength. You got to seek God. You got to lay this thing on the altar before him in the mercy seat. You got to lay people before him in the mercy seat, right? First Peter 1 15 and 16 says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it's written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And so I want to show you some things. And then Monday, I'm going to talk to you about how suffering produces sanctification. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But it's all linked to what I'm talking, telling you about a broken, contrite spirit. So I want to give you some things that I wrote down personally about bro having a broken and contrite spirit. And then I'll, I'll share with you how your suffering produces sanctification, right? Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you some of this now. Just bear patient with me. A lot of times we don't understand our suffering. Romans 5, 3 and 5 says we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. And endurance is a product of our, produces our character. Improving character produces our hope. And then in our hope, we won't be disappointed because God's love for us has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. That's Romans 3 and 5. So when we learn to rejoice in the midst of our suffering, it focuses our attention on the knowledge of what the Spirit is producing in us. And often when we are suffering, um, we can either do two things. We're going to either walk in a broken and contrite spirit or when we are suffering, we're going to become haughty and prideful. Um, and so suffering is going to unleash or build endurance in you. Suffering is going to produce when your prayers are not being answered, when it looks like things are not changing. Suffering is producing something in you. Suffering is developing you. And so as we go through our trials, we're de developing a greater perseverance to deal with our challenges. But what's also being revealed to us is it's going to reveal to us the flaws of our character. James 1, 2, and 5 says, Consider the great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is producing endurance in you. But endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and without criticizing. God gives you wisdom without criticizing. So anytime you find yourself being critical or someone else being critical, that is not God. And then your endurance is going to release your character. Your character is being developed and changed. Changed just like gold, just like the process of a diamond. It's being developed and changed as you're going through. And so in your brokenness, God is pulling everything out of your heart, everything out of your spirit does not align that does not align with the word of God. Well, when we're broken and contrite, we deal with suffering differently because we understand that the word says, you know what? You rejoice in this now for a short time. You've had to struggle in various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes through refined fire, may result in praise, glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. Right. And so God is going to begin to change our character and new character comes as a result of suffering. But when we don't want to deal with suffering, we don't want to deal with it usually because we're not operating in a broken and contrite spirit. A broken and contrite spirit will make you, it won't make you leave. It won't let make you leave your marriage. If it's suffering, it won't make you leave a job because you understand in a broken and contrite spirit, 
I'm not re- wrestling. Come on, Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. I'm wrestling against a principality. And because I'm wrestling against a principality, then I'm going to endure this thing and I'm going to consult you, God, and I'm going to deal with this thing the way you would have me deal. And I'm not going to speak out against this thing and I'm not going to speak out against these people and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time worried over this circumstance and worried over this people because my spirit is broken and contrite and I exalt your word. I exalt your word above anything else. I'm exalting your word above anything else. And so a broken and contrite heart leaves you defenseless. And the and why I'm saying a broken and contrite heart leaves you defenseless is because you're, you're not defending yourself. You're going to let the word defend you. You don't need to defend yourself because you know what the word says. You know, Psalms 37 says, fret not thyself unto evildoers, neither be envious of those workers of iniquities, for they're going to soon be cut down like braids of glass. I ain't got to worry about what nobody doing to me. I ain't got to worry about what nobody's saying to me because God has already said, if somebody is doing evil, can I tell you something? God opposes the proud, but he defends the weak. He defends the broken and contrite. So I ain't got to spend a whole lot of time justifying this. If my conscience, I think it's in Timothy. There's a scripture that talks about your conscience being clear. If my conscience is clear and I know that I have not done anything, I haven't added to the value of this. I know I've been praying about this situation. I know I've allowed the Holy Spirit to lead this situation. Then I ain't got nothing else to worry about. The enemy can't use this situation against me. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication is from me. We always say no weapon formed against me shall prosper, right? We use that all the time. And every tongue that accuses me in judgment will condemn me. This is the heritage. We use that every time. But we forget about the part at the end that says, and their vindication is from me. (laughs) And their vindication is from me. But a broken, contrite spirit will leave you at the place where their vindication is from me. That's why I'll know without a doubt that their vindication is from me. Broken and contrite also leaves me no room for justification, meaning I don't have to mention, I have no need to mention why I did something or why something happened the way that it happened. I'm going to wait on God's justice and I understand his mercy on the situation and I know I need the same mercy and it is Jesus that should justify my behavior and nothing else. Romans 5 and 1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Titus 3, 7 says, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of his eternal life. Galatians 3 and 24. So then the law was your guardian until Christ came in order that we may be justified by faith. Faith is the only thing that needs to justify me. Faith is the only thing that needs to justify me. The last thing I want to share with you is a broken and contrite heart leaves you with no excuses. I won't make room for sin. I won't make room for sin. I won't make room for why I did or did not forgive or what I've done because I understand no matter what the sin is against God, God told us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's a principality, but we put so much emphasis on the person or the situation or what I deserve or what they deserve that we're not exercising patience. A broken and contrite spirit doesn't also allow me to move before God. It's going to patiently wait on God. Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. 
rather in humility, value others more than you value yourself. You're not going to talk about your self rights and what you're supposed to have and what you guaranteed and all that. That's not a broken and contrite spirit because you know, whatever you stand in need of your father has you, whatever you stand in need of what your father has, this, this, this right here had me, <laughs> I'm just telling you, it had me understand suffering different. It had me understand my heart towards God. It had me understanding repentance looks different. It had me understanding how I pray to God should be different when I'm asking for repentance. It had me reminding me that everybody that I've been dealing with rest. I'm not wrestling against a flesh and blood. I'm wrestling against a principality. It's a principality. You already told me that. So why would I spend any time or emphasis on a human person at work, at school and whatever? Why would I spend any time on a human person when I'm wrestling against a principality, when suffering is producing something in me? And if I'll just seek the Lord about my suffering, he'll give me instructions for what I need. <laughs> he'll give me instructions for what I need. He'll tell me to endure. We will I, I want to be careful with this, but we will disrupt God's process of fine tuning us and refining us because we try to rush from suffering or we try to justify suffering or we try to make excuses for behavior or whatever. And, and that's not what a broken and contrite spirit, a true broken and contrite. There's a difference in the brokenness we've been taught besides a broken and contrite spirit. I hope that makes sense. Holy Spirit, if there's anything else I need you to share, I need you to quicken me quickly so that I don't leave your people without what they need this day in Jesus name. Galatians 2 16 and 17 says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. Is Christ and a servant of sin? Certainly not. Christ is not a servant, servant of sin. I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. But more than that, God loves you, right? More than that, God loves you. God God loves you. And so this is the place where we just simply say, you know what, Lord? I've done this wrong. <laughs> Even my repentance has been wrong for you. I did not understand. I was praying like the Pharisee. I was not praying like the tax collector. I was boasting and bragging in myself. I was talking about vindication. When you told me no weapon formed against me shall prosper and you would vindicate me. I ain't have to say a mumbling word. I didn't have to say absolutely anything. I didn't have to. I had to remember, forgive me for not remembering that you already warned me and told me I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's a principality. So every time that someone comes at me, it's the enemy coming at me. But if my heart is right before yours and my heart is full with the word and I'm drinking the living water, none of this matters, Father God. So thank you for teaching me to be anxious for nothing, to do everything in prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, making my request known. And you're the God that's going to answer me. And if my conscience is clear and my heart is repentant towards you first, because every time I stand, I'm sinning against you. I'm sinning against you. This is enmity between me and you. I'm bringing, I'm bridging a gap. I'm bringing a problem between me and you. Every time I don't rest in you, I don't trust in you. I don't rely on your word. I'm going against me and you. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry for not yielding my life to you. I'm sorry for operating in prideful places. I'm sorry for responding the way the world responds because that is not what you desire me. You desire a broken and contrite spirit. And Holy Spirit, I need you to help me with that. I need you to help me have a broken and contrite spirit. I need you to help me to operate in this thing the way God will have me operate. Search the chambers of my heart. Expose the places that do not lie in your word so that I can walk in the way that you need me to walk in and you can fulfill your purpose through me. In Jesus' name, amen. I love y'all. I love y'all so much. I got to get out of here. But guess what? God loves you even more. This is so powerful. I hope you chew on this during the weekend. I hope you chew on this. I hope you share this. Don't forget the things. Don't forget about next Tuesday. Don't forget we'll be back in here Monday. I love y'all so, so much. Take this word. Also, I posted something, The Shift, on my Facebook page. Go watch The Shift. God brought that back up to me for a reason. And when I watch the shift, I don't watch myself. It blew my mind. Love y'all. See you. See you back here Monday, 5 a.m. See you back here 5 a.m. Go watch the shift. Go watch the shift. Let the shift minister to you. There's something in the shift. There was something in that. It reminded me of some things that I needed to hear for myself because we have definitely shifted in our shifting. And I'll see you Monday. I don't know if I'm going to come on Monday. I don't Saturday. I have to do something in my church and we're feeding the streets Saturday. If the Lord allows me to come on Saturday, I will. But I got to go um, to, to I got to honor my house. I got to honor what my pastor asked us to do. She asked us to be at, be at the church Saturday morning early to fellowship with the women there. And then I have to feed the streets. Hey, if you want to be part to feed the streets you can go online and make a donation lakeishamjohnson.com y'all know where we serving people we have um eight women in the shelter i'm going to release some information we're going to take care of these eight women for christmas i would love for you to partner with the ministry to help us take care of these eight women um, my church has a coat drive we want 100 coats i would love for you women I, help us purchase 100 coats i just would love for your partnership everything you can sow seed today let me bless the let me bless you may the lord bless you real real good may his face shine upon you thank you for tuning into our podcast if you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.